Story Guys. I'm Murdoch. I'm Brian. It's a fake game show podcast where the stories are real, the points are made up, and it all gets started with what we call a story starter. Brian has a hat that he never wears. A Coors Light hat that I got from my days in radio. Right. And uh, today we decided the story starter would come from, a lot of times we'll pick like, it's usually song titles, but a lot of times we'll pick like an era. We have listener submissions. If you want to send one in, you can do that at wearethestoryguys at gmail.com. Send us some suggestions for songs you might like us to choose from. Today, though, uh, I decided to throw in Bill Withers. <laughs> like, here's why. There's no real reason other than I love <laughs> Bill Withers, and I think that he's underrated, and there's yeah. not enough people that love Bill Withers. So we have several Bill Withers song titles in the hat to serve as our story, story starter, including... Ain't No Sunshine. Of course. You want to guess the other ones? Grandma's Hand? Gr- Grandma's Hands. Lean On Me. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's the huge one. Lovely Day. Oh, Lovely Day is a great song. Use Me. And I thought just for fun, I would throw in a slightly more obscure Bill Withers deep cut called I Can't Write Left-Handed. <laughs> That's a song? <laughs> it's also a great story starter because I can't write left-handed. No. Um, okay, so we're going to pick. Do you were, wanna... you, were you actually left-handed and your parents made you right-handed? No, were you? No, but I heard that. You ever heard that? Yeah, I've, no, I've, I've definitely heard people say that. Yeah, because the devil. So I'm going to pick. Okay, yeah. Alright, um, there, what does it say? Grandma's hands. Ah, I was hoping lean on me, but I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know where I was going to go with that either. Grandma's hand, grandma's Grandma! Do you, so, uh, first question for you, I'm going to interview you about your grandmother. Uh, both grandmothers, biologically, are they still living? No, I don't have any grandparents. You have no grandparents left. Okay. I have one grandmother left. Okay. Yeah, and I, for my, I, I grew up, I had a, two grandfathers and then um both my grandfathers passed away they both were very ill uh, when i was younger yeah so my grandfathers passed away earlier too i was high school and then college yeah for both of them and uh but my grandmother she lived the longest and she was the center the matriarch of everything she was thanksgiving dinner and christmas dinner she was the the center of everything and then uh when she was gone like that went away so, like, Thanksgiving and Christmas is, like, a big, you know, I, I really don't know what we all used I don't know what everyone does. We have our own family, and we do our own thing. Um, but uh, her name uh, was Martha, which was almost the name of my child, but uh, lost. Martha lost. That was number two. Um, <laughs> so, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. So, you proposed naming your daughter. Who's Martha, now- Martha Murdoch. Martha Murdoch, which, honestly. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, I think she'd have the problem that my wife has, which is people would never know her correct age when they saw that. Because Martha's yeah. like, oh, that's not a name that's coming back. Like, I haven't walked in a lot of preschools recently, and it's been like, right. hey, Martha, and three girls come running. Right. Well, Elvis Murdoch, I thought, was great, too. Um, and, and my wife was on board with that, if it was going to be a boy. So, so, but you lost. She was on board with Martha, or no? It was just, it was like number two. What it were came, you What were you going to call her for short? Like, were you going to call her Martha? No, it, it came down to, like, it's it's actually a Swedish name, too. Martha is. Okay. So we were looking at family names for both of us. Yeah. So the family name for my daughter now is a family name in the family, sure. and so is her older sister. Um, so is my grandmother. So also the, the thing about Martha is that no one ever called her Martha, and she never received mail that had Martha on the, the uh, snail mail Probably either. Probably like Ma or Marty or... When, I, when my sister was really young, she was trying to say grandmother, and she said... Gongi, and that stuck. 
how many grandmothers have been, have that is the legacy they live under? Because I know that that's right. that's happened with my kids. The first grandchild in the extended family, my sister's daughter, for some reason started calling my mom Dee Dee, and you know that's yeah. now they all have decided it's Dee Dee. Yeah, and, and I hear people say, well, Mama's having trouble with it. And I'm like, Mama? Like, that's not it's, even real. Isn't it so funny when you talk to adults and they reference their grandmother Ma- by the name that they called them when they were five? Yeah, it's it's totally It's my strange. favorite. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Gongi, that's her name. And uh, she's super fantastic. She was great. Did um, her mail say Gongi? You said her mail did not say Martha. People would write Gongi Kathy. <laughs> Sometimes people would put Gongi in quotes and put Martha, but she got mail. So she Gongi. just, she took it as a... As a full-on name, like it wasn't just for the grandkids. Yeah, she owned it. You know, like you know, guess fifty years. So, do you think she felt like that was her new calling? I mean, you know what I mean. Like, it's really interesting to say, like, like she wasn't a grandmother until a certain age, and then she decided to be defined by that in the way that everyone referred to her. My my mother had my sister when she was seventeen, so she was a grandmother uh, pretty fast. So so that's so she was a she was a grandmother and whatever. 1959. Interesting. Yeah. And so. then she lived for, did you say 50 years she, after that? Well, she, yeah, she was, uh, she died in her nineties. She was in her early nineties. Wow. Yeah. Gongi. So yeah. what was, was Gongi's house like? Um, well, she used to live, they used to live in Nashville. And then when my mother married my father, they moved to the hometown that I, I grew up in. And then, uh, my grandfather, so her husband, uh, had a stroke and he basically became like pretty much an invalid. He couldn't really walk. He had a walker, but he couldn't really get around or do anything or like clean or clean himself, bathe himself, feed himself, do anything. So they moved uh, where close to we were, like literally like over across the woods through grandma's house was something you could do. You could walk across like through the trees uh, and do that eventually. So, um, you know, it, it had a really cool basement. Uh, I don't know, man. Like going to her house is kind of cool, and uh, I mean, I can talk about her for seventeen hours. You want me to? I don't know which story I'm going to tell about her. She gave me, she would give me rolls of quarters. Okay. So I'd get forty quarters. Like for what? Like just to when you showed up, or play, for Christmas, or no? She, you know, I wanted to go play video games, man. Here you go, you know. So I'd get forty quarters, and I'd get to go. If I didn't get to go to the arcade thirty minutes away, that had a whole arcade just full of like you know dozens of games where kids were smoking cigarettes. Because the eighties, um, <laughs> I would go downtown in the square of my hometown and play Asteroids, which was the only video game they had. Like at the pizza place or something? Nah, it was, it was in, uh, it's called Fountain Squares, I think what the place was called. And I play Asteroids, like the most, you know, lame ass, you know, early 80s, <laughs> no color. You know. yeah. It really is the same mode. I mean, it's just the same thing that happens for the entirety of that game. That big rock comes. <laughs> and then the, the spaceship comes. And you have to shoot it or. So so let me ask you this. When did you realize the dynamic between your mother and her mother? Right? Because you encounter, as a child, you encounter these adults with a unique relationship to you. She's your grandmother, right? Yeah. But you almost miss the fact when you're really young that that person was the mother oh, of yeah. your mother. Yeah. They, so did they get along? Oh, Yeah. Yeah. And and my grandmother raised my sister. So my mother worked. She's a single mom and she worked during the daytime and when she she had an office job and when she finished she ironed shirts at night. So my sister would stay with 
you know. Nogi. So, so, yeah, so when my, after my mom had my sister, they moved in uh, to that house eventually. So my mom was living with her mom and her dad, like at that time. So that's that's how that worked. So they were always sort of around, um, like doing that. So that was, you know, they, so they were really close. Yeah. Um, but I guess... It wasn't until I remember filling out. A, I asked my mom to fill out a Mad Libs or something, or, or some some survey thing when I was a kid, and it was a question about something she wished or wanted, and my mom wrote that. This is how this is how you know me, you know me well now that there's just no boundaries or barriers sometimes to what I say. I just say what I want to say, and it's not that I'm just boisterous or I'm arrogant or whatever. It's just I just have never had limits. I don't know. It just I, I think it's part of the thing. And I remember in that list of things, my mom had there was some question she asked of like, "What do you wish or what do you want?" And it was said something about she wanted um, uh, her dad to stop confining her mom. So because he was. <laughs> Because he was, because he I, was. I'm sorry, I'm only laughing because it's so inappropriate to put that on a child. For a child, yeah. How, like, so how old were you? Uh, under 10, right? So I had to figure out what it meant. I didn't understand what that meant. And then I found <laughs> out what it meant. And I was like, oh, so he's ill and he kind of makes her stay at home. Well, that's oh, wow. Weird. You know, but then he was, you know, he passed away when I was really young. So like when I was 10. So, you know, he wasn't around much after that. So, but she, you know, she, I mean, she lived a pretty fun life, man. She, she ran, she eloped. So. A donkey did? Yeah, Gongi did. Gongi. I yeah. called her Donkey. Yeah, Donkey. Sorry. Yeah. I the, totally my bad. Yeah. I can go back and take that out. Yeah. Uh, so Gongi eloped with your, with your grandfather. Yeah, with Clyde. Yeah. <laughs> Am Gong, I telling this story Gong, yet? I don't even Gong, know what I'm doing. Gongi and Clyde? Yeah. Please tell me more about Gongi and Clyde. But that That's, name this alone. This is going to be my story. I mean, when that, do I start? To go. When, okay. So is this my, when am I talking? Am I doing it now? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's just, you know, it's, I'm talking about my grandmother. This is yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay. It's so, emotional. I get it. Okay, so they ran away. One was a Methodist and one was a Baptist. Okay. That's why they ran away. So they couldn't, They couldn't. you know, it was whatever. They had to leave in a lope. So they ran away from home, both of them. And, like, I think my grandmother might have been 16. Whoa. Um, and so he was a little, he wasn't, like, older, older, but, you know. And this was probably 1930s? 30s. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 30s, yeah. Um, yeah, so they, they split. And then, uh, you know, I... She never worked, but he worked, and I don't know what he did as an occupation until the 1950s, and then I do, and it's significant. So he was the campaign manager of a guy who was governor of Tennessee for 12 years, three non-consecutive terms, two terms out and then back. You know, wow, it's like Grover Yeah, uh, 50s and the early 60s, right? So it was 12 years. Wow. Yeah. But you don't know what he did previous to that. No, I don't know what he did. And it was he older than Gongi? A little bit. Like, you know, three or four years. Okay, not but, but not ton. So they got married, see, they were 16 and 19 or 16 yeah, and 20. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Which, you know, 1930s is a little more common. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. But yeah, so he, um, yeah, he was the campaign manager of, uh, as a guy named Buford Ellington. So if anyone, you know, you're listening and you've been to Nashville, and you know what Ellington Parkway is, it is everywhere. It can completely intersects the town all across everywhere. I can't even tell you, like, it, it doesn't even seem like it's, it, it, like it's linear. Like, it's, it's not even linear. It's, like, everywhere. So all that's named after him. 
and he it was in the fifties, so he was a big part of like the Eisenhower Interstate Project, and, right? Yeah. And um, my hometown, which is where Buford Ellington was from, the county, that's where he was from. Uh, we got three exits on the interstate, even though we were tiny. That's how that works when you know you're governor. <laughs> um, my put another one to Lewisburg, boys. For a while, my mom lived two houses down from Bu- from Governor Ellington, and she saw Elvis pick up Governor Ellington's daughter in a Cadillac. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. What? Yeah, man, I, I mean, this is why we have a podcast, because we're so interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that happened. So Elvis shows up, the car so, picks so, up. Yeah. So your mom yeah, saw is, that. is living in the house with Gongi? Yeah, they. Yeah, sure. It was in a. It was in a. It was Verona. Was actually the name of the little community. So this is where she's she's growing up. She's not had. She used to live in a town called Berlin, not like Berlin, but it was Berlin is what they called it. And then there was a house. I think it was it was Verona is where it was, and it was a couple of houses down from the governor. And and yeah, so she saw that happen. That was a thing. Um, Elvis picked up. What's the governor's daughter? You would too, right? If you're Elvis, like, I'm going to go, I'm, I, somebody, somebody get a hold of the governor. I want to get a hold of the I'll take her out of the soda fountain. <laughs> Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and go see if one of the talkies. I'm sure Elvis never said talkies. Um, so, yeah. So he was, he was. We should just continue to do Elvis impressions. For the whole time, yeah. So, so he was governor. And then after that, he was a made guy. So not like he's a. Uh, a mobster, but after that, he he got government jobs that I think were kind Your of Your grandfather. Yeah, yeah, my grandfather. Sorry, I jumped. They were, in. They were kind of cush. Yeah, he was like he worked for like the Department of Agriculture and, and a couple of different things. And I remember I used to I remember being very little and he had pins. He'd give you pins and stuff. I don't actually know what he did, but I know they used to travel a lot. And um, after my grandmother passed away, after Gongi passed away, I remember getting like. Uh, a bunch of his money. He had all this money from South America. They used to travel all the time, I guess. So Gong used to go lots of places and, and things. Uh, I still had a lot of his ties. Um, he had these big, thick, crazy ties. And I got a couple pieces of his clothes, and I realized that Clyde was a little bitty, tiny dude. Apparently, he was a real mean guy. Uh, in like 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five. Mm. Like, I, can't, I can't wear his clothes. Comes with the type, right? I can't, I can't wear his... I, couldn't, I can't wear his clothes now, you know? Um, and I'm 175 pounds, man, and I'm not that big of a guy. Um, so anyway, so he became a made guy, and that, and he worked in it until some point he he retired, and then, uh, and then he passed away. But the best story I have ever about Gandhi, absolutely. And I didn't understand it because I didn't have it pieced together because I didn't understand Clyde's story. It's when I was a kid, and it would be Christmas time. You know, Gongi would have Christmas cards. See, your grandmother, right? And you're, you know, you're like a, right, yeah. you're like a center of the community. Yeah, yeah Everybody yeah. knows who you are. Sure. Her husband was the campaign manager, the governor of Tennessee, right? You know, Christmas cards are everywhere. I thought that everybody, or like all grandmothers, got Christmas cards from Jimmy Carter <laughs> and Bill Clinton. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that that was a special thing. Oh, that's so funny. So on Christmas, we would get, we would get Christmas cards from uh, like Jimmy Carter uh, and Bill Clinton. Uh, Bill Clinton, when he was really president, 
the same time. And then whoever was like governor of Tennessee and, and stuff like that. And then the representatives of Tennessee, we'd send all those. And I just thought that was like, you know, a thing that they did. But it wasn't. <laughs> it was a service. It was. I thought it was just a thing that they did for citizens, but it wasn't. Uh, their civic engagement involved handwriting notes to every yeah. member of the state. Nah. I love the idea of you being over at another friend's house and being like, hey, where's your presidential Christmas card? Yeah, right. Um, yeah. Um, Murdoch's a jerk. Yeah. Rubbing in the fact that he knows right. the president. You know, I went to high school with a girl who was part of the Clinton family kind of by marriage. I think a grandfather married into somewhere. Um, but there was these occasional weird things in high school where she'd be like, yeah, I got to be in D.C. this weekend. And they would just be like at the White House. It was super weird. Oh, weird. Yeah. yeah. So Gongi, 100% my hero. Um, uh, because she's the best because of multiple reasons and there's lots of things and she there's just so many things that she taught me and my cousins and the way that we treat people uh, is sort of like part of the DNA like it's it's part of her on how you're supposed to you know you're supposed to be nice to people you know you're, that's, that's, that's sort of the core of the thing but the thing that I always remember about her was and it wasn't it wasn't a mis, it wasn't mischievous or mean or all but um she used to say you know you should you know if someone's not smiling you should smile at them because they really should have no choice but to smile back it's contagious you know and don't trust somebody that doesn't smile <laughs> so like every time like i'm like the tv or the internet shows up and i see a picture of donald trump i'm like yeah i don't trust that guy man you don't smile nope sorry man <laughs> it's not even the pet thing he doesn't have a dog but i'm sorry man listen if you, man. Don't, if you don't smile and i'm not trying to be political i'm just saying you're not gonna smile it, there's some serious suspect stuff about that man. listen listen man you're breaking donkey's rules get yeah. your stuff together Gongi. Gongi. Did I call her Gongi again? Yes. God, I'm the worst. Yeah, I know. I'm the worst. I, I mean, I got to say, fantastic uh, kind of verbal portrait you just painted of this woman who I now really need to see a picture of. Maybe we can get some for wearethestoryguys.com. Yeah. yeah, and sorry I didn't get a picture of me as a, as a, you know, as a little girl. You, I still need you to find a picture of you in the feminine. Um, I got to find that. So, oh, man. You really set the bar nice and high, and I have no dad in there. Two wonderful grandmothers. Yeah, I know your dad didn't show up at all. He was, this wasn't even his bloodline. Um, I mean, I can, I can, I can tie him in. <laughs> I got a, I got a thing with him and Clyde. It's good, but I'm done. Um, so you know, I have two gorgeous grandmothers. One of them still alive, and I mean, I, I when I think about stories about either of them, I do think of kind of these you know, kind of what you did there, like these visualizations of who they were. Um, you know, my dad's mom, who's still living and is still the best, uh, was super frugal and would was a big proponent of yard sales. And so, like, she made it part of the <laughs> visiting grandma thing that you got up and went to yard sales. And, like, we thought this was, like, big-time stuff. Like, I didn't know... I didn't know that... That wasn't like kind of, I mean, not quite as severe as your Christmas card story, but like I didn't realize that a lot of people really either never go to yard sales or don't like yard sales. Yeah. Because it was like going to the carnival when you went to grandma's house. So we, because of kind of the socioeconomic conditions of my household growing up, vacation, and I may have talked about this before, was like going to grandma and grandpa's house because we never lived in the same town or same state. So we would, you know, they moved around a bit, but. 
we would normally be between us moving and then moving, we'd be roughly five hours away or something at okay. any given point. So during the summer, we would go and spend a, a week or two with this set of grandparents and also sometimes the other ones, but definitely this one. And uh, so we would show up and grandma would um, have all your favorite foods and grandpa would be watching gun smoke in his recliner gun smoke and uh he they had cable and like i'd never really seen cable before and uh <laughs> it, so that was awesome but then grandma got up really really early and the thing you learned about grandma really early was or really early in your time with her was that she woke up before 5 a.m and so i would wake up early 6 6 30 a.m my siblings would still be asleep if my parents were there and we weren't just staying with them then they would still be asleep and i'd sneak out and i'd smell the coffee and hear the newspaper and hear the am radio low and she'd be sitting at the table and i'd have a half an hour to an hour where it was just me and grandma yeah at the table and then we'd wake up grandpa and we'd go yard sailing <laughs> so oh, we I see yeah. yeah yeah and and my grandma i think i've talked about this before this grandmother never learned to drive she got in an accident or something oh it's scared yeah. yeah and was scared and so grandpa had to be the he had to be the chauffeur. Which right, right. He you wasn't always super fond of. Um, yeah. He was a little grumpy about that yeah. from time to time. About you know he could be in his recliner watching Gunsmoke again. Um, and, uh, instead, he was driving us around and we were picking up knickknacks. But she taught me the value of like a quarter, right? Like I never, I've always had this like excitement around going into a thrift store, going into a yard sale or going into a pawn shop and finding something for almost no money. Yeah. Right. Because there was this real art to what she was able to do yeah. with that. And, um, it was really, really fun to be around. Um, but it got passed down genetically. We joke to my father who still to this day, like if you compliment his shirt, we'll be like, Oh, you know where I got this <laughs> swap meat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I hit a guy in an alley. No, uh, yeah. you know he would he would tell you that he paid less than a dollar for it, and then he would he would triangulate the location of the of the Goodwill store or the Salvation Army store in yeah. which he got it. Right, you know where it is. That's where I got it. Yeah. You you know what this is normally worth, right? Like if you were to buy this, you know it'd be a thirty nine dollars shirt. This is yeah. this is Eddie Bauer. <laughs> I got it for seventy five cents. Goodwill. I mean, I went to a I went to prom in a tuxedo. From a thrift store that was my dad's. Uh huh. He bought wow. it for like less than twenty dollars. It may I, have been five dollars. I'd I mean, love to see insane. what that tuxedo looks like. I mean, it was a tuxedo. That's the trick about tuxedos. It's not like you're buying a formal dress, right? A tuxedo is just it's just a black fancy suit. So you can kind of get away with that but a little could, bit more. There's eras of tuxedos. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it could yeah. be like disco yeah. stew yeah, yeah. from The Simpsons. <laughs> doesn't have like a modern day penguin suit. Oh. Disco stew doesn't need a I, penguin suit. I greatly wish that it was from that era, but I regret to inform you that it was not. Yeah. So this is all headed somewhere to tell you about how this blessed grandma was in attendance at what I now deem to be my first punk rock concert. And you know my love for punk rock. Yes, of course. Uh, so it was accidental. I didn't have a ticket to the club to say, Grandma, take me down to see you know, the Buzzcocks or whatever. But I did go to a yard sale. At, and I, I, I'm trying to remember how old I was. Eight, ten? Eight, maybe ten? 
And I remember going to this yard sale and we showed up and walk up the driveway. And I believe my grandmother and my father were with me, but I cannot remember. It's in the summer and uh, there is a band playing in this garage, like as part of the garage sale, not just like they were a garage band and we showed up. There was a yard sale going on and it was like these people, their plan was to make this yard sale effective. We will hire live music. I think... My guess is they must have lived in the house and it might have just been a, like a, hey, I guess, little Lucy, if you help me put all this stuff up, your punk rock band can play my yard sale. <laughs> but I show up and it's a three-piece punk rock band and they are playing a song that I still remember the lyrics and tune to that I will now proceed to sing for you. Grandma, okay. And so me, grandma, my dad watching three teenagers play this song. Vince Van Gogh, go, Vince Van Gogh, go, Vince Van Gogh, go, stop. Vince Van Gogh, go, Vince Van Gogh, go, Vince Van Gogh, go, stop. And I was mesmerized. As you should have been. Because it was noisy, but it was melodic and it was happening next to a pile of someone's underwear. Everything about it was gorgeous. And I was with my grandma. So when I think about oh yeah holding my grandma's hand, looking up and watching a punk rock band next to you know some old lawn equipment and <laughs> um, some flat basketballs. <laughs> flat basketball. I'm a I'm a big fan of Vincent Van Gogh. I you know and there's no way to like Google that and figure out if that band made it. Like what if I, what if my punctuation on that story was and that was Green Day. Like yeah, you know right, what I mean like right. but no it was just it was some teenagers who probably all have kids and jobs and you know whatever now but um they I, it literally left this indelible kind of punk rock mark on me because this was probably before I even was really into you know the early punk rock stuff that I discovered, which wasn't until 12, probably. Yeah. So it was it was kind of my first introduction to all of that. And I, I mean, every time I think about, like, garage punk rock, I think of Vince Van Gogh, go, Vince Van Gogh, go, Vince Van Gogh, go, stop. You have your grandma to thank for that. Man, that's I mean, it was it was accidental circumstance, but But still. But you know, there? high fives. High fives. Yeah. It was wow. it was great. Um so I am just gonna go ahead and rule though, as great as Vince Van Gogh is, can we just Donkey <laughs> You can't do it. I was gonna say it's a tie. How do we, how no, do we choose between grandmothers? No, Gongi, the the Christmas cards of the president and just the <laughs> The whole gongi thing, I'm going to give you 600 points today. Okay, I'll, I'll take it, yeah. That's fantastic. If you have a story about your grandma, this is a, a new thing um, to think about. If you want to send us a, a quick grandma story, we might show it, share it on a future episode. These story starters are kind of for you too, right? I mean, part of this is we start the story conversation and allow you to think about your grandmother. Um, I don't have family to listen to this show that might have great stories about my grandmother that I've forgotten that would be fun to fun to share. Right. Um, and uh, you can send us an email. We are the story guys at gmail.com or you can check us out online and find all kinds of ways to get in touch with us there. It is we are the story guys.com. And if you are one of my childhood friends, which now numbers number four, who has asked me, have you talked about me on this podcast? You can email us at wearethestoryguys.com. Get in line. Get and, in line. And maybe get a story starter, possibly. Right? Yeah. They, well, it is so funny that there is, I, I think, 
the whole town of Lewisburg is going to be in the listenership pretty soon. I feel like the word is spreading. I feel like if we pulled up that little map that shows us where the listening is happening, it's all there'd next, be a big red dot above it, Lewisburg. It'll be that red dot next to that big landfill. <laughs> <laughs> we are the story guys at gmail.com. We are the story guys.com. Make sure that if you don't do anything else this week, you do this. You keep telling stories. Story Guys is a production of Brian Eichenberger and Mark Murdoch. Get more stories, hear more podcasts, and book the guys for your conference or house party at wearethestoryguys.com. Copyright 2019 Boy Have We Got Stories Productions. All rights reserved.